Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Steve. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo. How's it going? Something pretty exciting happened this last week. What was it? Oh yeah, it it was my birthday. I'm 35 now. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, uh, did you wake up feeling a little smarter? I, I woke up feeling a little older. I, 35 hit a little bit different than 34. It's just been, I don't know, we talked about it before, but I've, I gained some weight in 2020 and it's like the last week I started exercise, exercising hard. So I'm like waking up earlier and running. I'm running at night. I've been watching a little bit what I eat. Um, like I quit soda. So it's like lowering my sugar intake. And I mean, I'll, I, mean, I lost five pounds or something, but it's a, uh, it's like I'm, I I want to get back in shape. I want to do that half marathon now because you were pushing me. You were saying like, like oh, you know, it's like when I think it was was it close to your birthday? When did you when did you talk to me about that? I brought it up to you a while ago, but then I think like after my hike, I was like, I'm gonna do one anyway because I've been running a little bit. Uh, I actually had Ryan Copeland reach out. He's like, man, I listened to that episode. Tell me when. I want to do it with you. Yeah. So so at first I was like, ah, oh, no, that's that's dumb. I don't want to pay to to run. But then I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. I'm going to get back in shape. It, it'll be something like a motivation to like, no, I need to get back in shape because I don't want to just like walk this half marathon. I got to run it. If you, so. if you walk, I'll make fun of you. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I I'm not going to wait for you. <laughs> I got to keep up. Yeah, I just want to bringing up the rear with a 65 years old, 65 year old people and like uh, huffing and puffing when they're passing me. <laughs> so I so, think, no, yeah, I we'll look into some, we'll, uh, I don't know. I don't know when we want to do it. Maybe like end of the summer. I think would be a good time. Yeah. To give us some. When it cools down a little bit, maybe September. Yeah. Okay. So but that, yeah, I'm motivated. My birthday was kind of like, oh, I'm 35. I need to, I, I need to get it together. So welcome to 35. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm glad to, to join you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited for today's episode. She is somebody that I I consider one of my really good friends from high school. She was always super nice, always really inviting. Um, and it's fun. It's been fun to follow her life. She's been through a lot of different stuff. I see it on social media. She shares it. It's Teresa. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what she what she has to share. Yeah, me too. I, I love Teresa. It, it's one of those people that I feel like I don't see enough. I'll see her every once in a while, but I don't know. I, I still always consider her a close friend. I know you guys talk about how like you've gone to her house for different things. Like We moved away for this a little bit, um, so we didn't get to go to any of those parties, but next one that happens, we'll be there for yeah. sure. Cool. All right, so here's a conversation with Teresa Farmer. Teresa Stone in high school, Teresa Farmer now. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys? So good. Yeah. So good. We're I've been looking to forward to, to this you. for a long time. Me too. Oh, good. Me too. It's been stressing, but it's good. I've been able to see you a few times like at the gym, and I know that there's been some like other little parties and things occasionally, but we haven't like, I don't think I've sat down and like actually talked to you for a really long time. Yeah, no, a lot has happened. So and so, I've I've really been looking forward to this once. Uh, once you said you were coming on and we scheduled it, it's like that's one that I, I circled it on my calendar, got ready for it. You know? 
Me too. All right. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't you start telling us about who you were when you were in high school? Describe yourself. Um, man. Uh, in high school, I was extremely insecure. Still, kind of am to this day. Um, but I feel like I was also someone that wanted to be friends with everyone. And I didn't want anyone to like feel alone. And so uh, I tried to, I mean, granted, you guys know, I had things at my parents' house a lot, night games, played Red Rover, <laughs> like all the fun things. And so I just, I feel, I tried to feel like I was someone that can bring everyone together, no matter where they're at in their life. And what well, what were you like feeling insecure about? You're saying you were extremely insecure. Can you, do you feel comfortable talking about that? I do. I do feel comfortable. I've been thinking a lot about this, but a lot of it is I never felt like I belonged to a group or felt like I was good enough in anything, even though like in high school, I still try to push myself to get out of my comfort zone, both in middle school and high school. I was told that I was overweight. Um, and so that is something that like has eaten at me and still to this day, like I have major body dysmorphia. And so like, I feel like I try to put myself in a lot of situations to help myself feel like I can do things. I am strong. I am enough. Um, and so that is something that brought a lot of like insecurity to me through high school and into my adult years that I am still trying to work through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of us deal with that in some way or another. I, I think some of us, it hits us harder than others. But yeah, I think a lot of people can relate. I know I can. I think it would be just tough to hear those things at a young age and then just trying to figure out how to cope with it. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? I don't know. I mean, and then everybody takes that kind of an experience and goes whatever direction they're going to go. And I know that you brought up like doing things at your house. I remember going to your house all the time. It was always like going to Teresa's and just having like, there was always a big group of people there. And like you said, Red Rover and British Bulldog and just hanging out at Teresa's. And I just loved how inviting and welcoming you were and your parents. Like they, you, they had tons of people at their house a lot and they just allowed it to happen. Yes. It was so nice. I mean, it's funny because I'm now that parent now that I want all the kids at my house and I want everyone to feel welcome at my house because my parents were so amazing to invite so many people into their home, even if like things got broken or whatever they still constantly let people come into their home and i hope that i can be that person for my kids so that's actually like very admirable because I, I have a hard time just we had, <laughs> <laughs> we had a few people over and like the kids just kept slamming the doors and it was just like it does it, it was giving me anxiety i was like oh my gosh Get out. Then, like we're finding like Otter pop like <laughs> stains on the wall and we're all like wiping up <laughs> but so I mean kudos to your parents because it wasn't just a few kids sometimes there were a ton of kids there like all the yeah. time like almost every weekend yeah 
It was awesome. They were they were amazing to allow that to happen. So, but at the same time, like when I look back at high school, that are those are probably one of my fondest memories was having everyone over at our house, and I loved that. So it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, you were feeling you felt insecure. You had insecurities. You also felt like you made an effort to try to fit in, but you didn't always feel like I don't know, like meshing really, really well. Um, and yeah like i like i had a good like you guys were a part of my group of friends i had a good group of friends but i just still had those insecurities in the back of my mind um and granted i feel like a lot of people deal with that um constantly have insecurities in high school and stuff but but it didn't at the same time it did not deplete me of trying to push forward and trying to make more friends and trying to try new things in my life um, to better myself. And so it didn't debilitate me, if that makes sense. But it still is was in the back of my mind. And I still deal with that stuff today that I'm working through. So. All right. And uh, so what's changed? What's who's Teresa today different from? 17 or 20 years ago? I am more compassionate. I feel like I'm more empathetic towards people. And honestly, my job, which I haven't gotten to, but I do hair out of my home. And I've had so many people that have come into my life that I've noticed that everyone, everyone is going through trials. Everyone has their insecurities, and I am hoping that as people walk through my home, the second they walk into my home, because my salon is in my home, that they're my best friend in that moment, and that they know that they can tell me anything, and there is zero judgment on my part through all of that. And so just hearing a lot about how like all of the things that my clients have gone through has made me more compassionate and empathetic. And in turn, it has made me try to be more compassionate with myself and empathetic with myself. And just being like, Teresa, you are doing a good job. Like you're fighting through some hard stuff in your life. And like trying to love myself and grounded, I have gone through yoga teacher training, I meditate, I have like downloaded this app that's called I am and it sends me affirmations every hour and I have to read them out loud. And most of the time I try to read them in front of the mirror so that I can tell myself like you are enough, like you are striving to be a better person. And in turn, it helps me to love deeper towards people around me. So, yeah. All right. So when, when do you think, cause you were saying talking to your clients kind of opened you up to being a little bit more compassionate and being more open-minded, but when did you think you found out for your, found out for yourself, I'm going to start being forgiving to myself and like giving myself a, a little bit more patience. Just like you're saying, I kind of found that. When do you think, or how do you think that happened? Oh, man. Okay, let's backtrack. Gosh, about it all started about 11 years ago when I was pregnant with a little girl and found out she had Down syndrome and found out she had a hole in her heart and all this stuff. And through 
going to the doctors all the time. And when I was eight months pregnant, I lost this child. Her name was Sienna. And I feel and like bearing a child and dealing with the loss of that has kind of made me understand. I feel like that was such a huge catalyst in my life to help me understand that there are some hard trials that people go through that people have like a really hard time talking about. And I've been trying to be more open and vulnerable to other people about my feelings. And since I lost Sienna, I have been able to have so many people come into my life and I've been able to understand, like, I, like, yeah, I, we had struggles growing up, like in high school and through our adulthood. But once you go through something major, like you truly understand that life is like, there's so much more to it. And I've been able through that, been able to be more compassionate because I understand people's pain. I understand the pain of any trial. And I've even had clients that have told me like, oh, I haven't lost a child. So like my trial is nothing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Your trial is the hardest thing that you're going through in your life right now. And it's totally fine. You you feel that you should feel validated in feeling these emotions because anything that people are going through they may seem like, yeah, it's hard for them, but at the same time, they're like, oh, but I'm not dealing with X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, like, it's completely understandable. That is the hardest thing that you're going through right now. And so you should feel validated in that trial. And so that was kind of a major thing in my life that helped me to be more compassionate to myself, more compassionate to others. And to kind of love deeper. And so that's kind of where it all stemmed from. Oh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I'm sorry about, I mean, sorry for the loss, you know, I Thank you. to go through eight months of carrying that child and even knowing what may have come had the, you know, had the pregnancy gone all the way through. That's hard. That's a tough thing. And so I'm sorry you had to go through the heartache of that. Being able to use that as a strength and as a, as a comfort for others, I think is very admirable. Did you, you said that it's hard to talk about, like at the time when it happened, was it really hard to talk about it? Like, did you just not want people to ask or did you just not want to bring it up? No, I wanted people to ask, but I still like, and granted, like our world is changing immensely right now, but I feel like it was so taboo to talk about stillborns and miscarriages and a lot of people kept it to themselves. And it wasn't until I lost um, my daughter that more people open up and like, why haven't you talked about this? I'm like, we need to talk. We need to be more vulnerable. We need to be talking about stuff. And so, um, and I, I even started a blog and I was journaling every emotion that I felt during that time. And I had a few people that had said like, you should probably keep those to yourself. And I finally was able to open up and be like, no, like, the world needs to hear that life isn't all cupcakes and rainbows. There's hard stuff that goes on in people's lives. And I feel like with me finally opening up and being vulnerable, I have been able to create a safe space for people to open up and be vulnerable to me. 
Yeah. And, you know, I want to say, like, I mean, I admire you a lot, Teresa. And Thank you. we see each other maybe once a year or, may- or maybe once every other year. It's like we yeah. don't see each other a lot. But I feel like, I mean, you you share a lot on social media. And I see all your stuff, but that's the thing. It's like, I feel like I know you more because of it, because you're not just sharing like, Hey, we went on vacation. Like check Mm -hmm. out these sweet pictures of my feet on the beach. It's like, you're sharing when you're having hard times and when, you know, when you're feeling down as, as much as when you're feeling up. So then it's like, I, I can, I can kind of see, like you're feeling disappointed when you're moving back to Salt Lake or moving back to Utah when you guys were were around or the struggles that you had with your daughter and her problems with her eye. Like, yeah. I see all that stuff and I do feel like really close to you, even though we don't see each other as much as I wish we did. Um, but it's just like, I really admire how open you are about sharing not only the good times, but the struggles and the, the hard times that you go through and not afraid to to let people know that, you know, it's like it, life isn't easy and it's not all good things. And I feel like in, in social media can be actually kind of hurtful when you are maybe are going through something hard and all you see are people's feet on the beach and um, you're like, no one else is having a hard time. It's like, it feels like you're alone. But, you know, since you share that, it does make you feel like if you're going through a hard time, well, well Teresa's gone through hard things too. So I know I... I, I <laughs> I really admire you for all that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And sometimes even when I post stuff, I'm like, oh, this is a little too vulnerable. But at the same time, like, I just, I hope it reaches people that understand that they aren't alone. Like, that's the thing is like, I, I've had moments growing up where I have felt alone and I want to be that place where people don't feel that way. I want people to feel like they have some, even if it's one person, someone who has their back through life that they're okay and that they can get through this and so and yeah it's been through a lot of trials that have led me here but it's been worth it I don't regret it at all I love that you said you started a blog and that you were journaling a lot and um something something my wife tells me a lot is like there's no bad emotions I think that we live in a society where people don't want to see the dirty they want to see like you know they want to put out their how happy and good things are but there's no bad emotions like if we're having these you know, anger or sadness, like we should allow ourselves to feel those and to feel them fully. And I think that's just all part of the human experience. And so sharing that stuff, yeah, that like Gonzo said, it makes it like, okay, like that, like seeing the updates that you give on your daughter's eye, it's like, it's like this up and down journey. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I can't like, I can't like, I can't wait to see what the next update is. And sometimes it's, things are great. And the next time it might be like, guys, this freaking sucks, but we're getting ice cream, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I just think that it, it shows like, Hey, we're having a real life experience here and hopefully other people can appreciate that. And it brings kind of a peace or a comfort because I'm not the only one. I see someone else going through some struggles too, and I can maybe not have the same struggles, but I can relate to struggling. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And it's, for those that are listening that don't know about my daughter, I'm just going to hurry and share a little bit tidbit. Um, she was born with like a cataract and she had surgery at six weeks old. And then at eight weeks, she's been wearing a contact and 
she's still in a contact. I patched her for so many hours every day. And gosh, two years ago, she developed glaucoma. And it has been the biggest roller coaster of our lives. And it's hard as a parent. And I'm sure you guys can understand this is you, you try to put like your best face to your kids and be like, everything's going to be okay. When in reality, like I'll come home from her eye appointments and I will sit in my room and bawl my eyes out. And then I like wipe my tears and then I come out and I just like hug my daughter and be like, everything's going to be okay. Cause as of right now, we don't know where she's going to be at in her life. And last time we went to her eye appointment, it, things aren't looking good. And I didn't post about it because I'm like, Oh, people are sick of me being like, things are fine. Things aren't fine. Things are fine. And so we find out this week um, how things are going. And if another surgery is on the books, she's had gosh, five or six surgeries so far. Wow. And so that's kind of something that is scary. <laughs> but at the same time, like I look forward, I don't look forward to it. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, we've got this. We can do hard things. And I try to teach my daughter that every day. Like we can go through hard trials and it makes us stronger. That's what I constantly tell her. It makes us so much stronger to go through these hard trials. So, so Teresa, tell us um, something that you're passionate about. Oh my gosh, so many things. I have found over the years, which is funny because in high school, I, I my passion is running. In high school, <laughs> I quit the track team after two weeks because it was too hard. <laughs> <laughs> But like since then, I have ran like 20 half marathons and Dang. three full marathons. And I am wanting to run a couple more halves and an, like two more full marathons. Interesting. Um, but it's Tell just like it's, it's hard. Like this pandemic this last year has kind of like set me back. But I got a treadmill in my house. I've been working on it. So I'm trying to get back to that. But running's, running has been my passion. Um, my job doing hair has been a huge passion. Like I truly, I know I not everyone can sit and say like, oh, I love my job. I don't know, Steve, you probably can say that. Getting into <laughs> being a dentist and all. But I truly love my job. Like I love connecting with people and just hearing everyone's stories also, gosh, about two, three, it's been three years ago, I um, certified to be a yoga instructor and I led a lot of um, yoga retreats and I taught for a year and a half and just kind of being that yoga instructor and helping other people, even though like they were sitting on the mat, not talking back to me, but after class, having them come up to me with tears in their eyes. And they're like, the things you said during your yoga class, I needed to hear that. I'm like, good. I needed to hear it too. Like I was saying most of that stuff for myself. And so, gosh, I have a lot of passions, but those are probably the three main ones that I love. Nice. I think, I think Steve and I are going to do a half marathon this fall. Can so. I do it with you? I Which, think I think you should do it with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan Copeland was messaging me. He's like, I want to do one too. Tell me which one. Yes. So we'll uh, we just got to pick a date and find one that we all want to do. And so we're thinking September. 
Because it'll give me time to get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it. That would be so fun. Okay. Like a little reunion. As soon as we figure it out, we'll, we'll tell everybody which one and we can all do it together. And, Perfect. You know, I love that. You can go as slow as you want, everybody. Yeah, but, I'll, yeah. I'll be I'll be bringing up the rear so you can spend time with me. <laughs> right. I'll be behind, I'll be behind you pushing your back. Oh, like, thank you. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, can you wear roll, rollerblades on a on a half marathon? You wear like those heelys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love uh, what is some, I, I have a bunch more questions, like what is some advice, because I know you've gone through a lot of life changes as you become an adult from yeah. your teenage years. Um, the first question I want to ask is, what advice would you give yourself in high school now? Oh man, that's a tough one. I would, and it's funny because I go back to this a lot when I'm when I'm struggling with things. I always tell myself, what would I tell, what would I tell little Teresa, little Tricky? But honestly, I would give her a hug and just be like, you are doing a good job. Like, and try not to be, I feel like a lot of times I'm very serious about life. Um, and I was a lot in high school. I was very serious. And it was funny because talking about you guys, like you guys were so much fun. And like, there were moments where you're like John crew or you guys would come and fart on me and then like, run away and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, why are they being so dumb? But the funny thing is what they can now. You miss it. <laughs> I miss it. Oh, no. no, but like the funny thing is my husband is that same way. And I constantly like would roll my eyes at him. And now I am that way with my kids, like just to have fun, be a kid. Like I freaking bought disco balls and we have dance parties in our front room. And I think the biggest advice that I would give is to let go and have fun and not take life so seriously. That's good advice That's for good everybody. Great advice. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to the beef later, but like, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I did. I'm sure that was probably somebody else, you know. Right. It was <laughs> definitely like John Proof. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like something John would do. <laughs> um, let's see. And I think you've touched a, a little bit on different things, but I think it, I want to ask the question to have you kind of sum up. Um, as you've gone through, you've had a lot of different experiences over mm-hmm. the last few years. What would you say would be some of the biggest lessons that you've learned to become who you are right now? Gosh, just to know and granted, and this is what's hard is because my focus is on so many other people. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned over the years is to learn to take care of myself, to learn to put myself first, because there's been so many times that I've focused so much on like doing so much for other people that I end up becoming ragged and worn down and um where I just feel like I can't get through another day and so a lot of it is just learning to step back and try to put myself first and try to relax and try to like I loved what you said Steve about the time you went hiking and just had like your me time and that's something like after I listened to that I was like I need to go hiking by myself just stuff like that is just learning to 
take care of myself. And I think a lot of parents slash adults don't know how to take care of themselves because they're just going through the grime of life. And so I would, yeah, I think that's a lot to come down to. And I've gone through a lot more experiences that have like led me to that point. But that's kind of the main thing that I've been trying to work on lately. So, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share, like on your notes that you've, uh, that you haven't touched on? I mean, yeah. And I've been very scared to talk about this because this was kind of a huge catalyst in my life. But about six years ago, our family stepped away from the church um, and we have nothing against people who are still in. We respect them. It just was what was right for us and for our family and how we felt personally. And it was really hard because during that time, we had so much backlash, so much backlash. People who attacked us like left and right, um, told us we're dark souls, told us we're going to hell. And sadly, a lot of it came from my husband's parents. And at that time, and this is kind of where a lot of the healing came in. At that time, it was so debilitating that we sold our house. I, we moved to Colorado and like I left my job that I had created and worked on for so many years. And my husband left his job. We started brand new and we went to Colorado and we were planning on building a life there, but we ended up, um, it was very healing for us. We worked through a lot of trauma that we have gone through and we got to a point where we had told ourselves that we're always going to have people that are, don't agree with us. We're always going to have people that, and that's fine. Like that's fine. And we told ourselves that we cannot run away from our problems that we have to face them head on. And so at that moment, we packed everything up, moved back to Utah, lived with my parents until we found a place. Um, and I feel like, sorry, I'm getting emotional. And I feel like that was the biggest thing that we've gone through in our life. Um, just like losing everything in a moment and then coming back and trying to build it up from ground one. And that is a lot of that has made me be more empathetic towards others and their trials that they have gone through. And it's, it's helped me to know that I, I'm at this place in my life. I'm like, I love everyone, no matter what walks of life you come, come from. I'm like, you have a place you belong. And a lot of that is because I got to a place where I didn't feel loved, where I didn't feel like I belonged. And so coming back and doing that, I have had so many people that have come into my life that I never expected because I've gone through that experience. And again, like I don't regret moving to Colorado. I don't regret coming back. I don't regret anything because it has made me who I am today. Um, but that was probably one of the biggest things that we've gone through that has helped with like our healing and helped us be more loving and empathetic towards others. Well, I'm sorry that you had people being stinkers and, you know, I'm, I'm glad actually your family though was still accepting and loving, you know, 
Yes. And yeah, I'm sorry. That sucks. No, thank you. I appreciate that. I know, like, I've got several friends that have kind of, yeah, like that kind of transition of like, hey, this isn't for me or, you know, different experiences. But I, I admire everybody that takes that, I call it leap of faith or like that risk of like, you know what, my whole world is kind of revolving around this thing that I'm choosing to not have a part of my life anymore. And I think that that takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts. And like you're saying, a lot of hard experiences and Mm -hmm. unfortunately people people don't tend to think about what's on the receiving end of their words and so and that's hard i mean especially living in utah living in san Utah, (laughs) where everybody is lds and it's i mean i've mentioned this in other podcasts but so many people are so visual you know it's like your outward appearances is so matter so much so there are people who may not want to be like Mormon LDS or whatever anymore, but feel like a social pressure to be because all their neighbors are or what's going to say, or what's my aunt going to say, or this or that. And it, it, I mean, it's, if you, if it wasn't making you happy, it doesn't feel, it wasn't something that was making you feel fulfilled. It's actually very brave to take those steps and say, you know, I got to step away from this because it's not, it's not for me. It's not something that's making me feel good. And, you know, I admire you for that, too, because that's actually really hard to do, especially in the communities that we live. And just like you said, with like people saying like all these nasty things about it, so it's, mm-hmm. it's almost as bad as voting Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, but really though, uh, kudos to you for for choosing to do a very hard thing. And I was wondering if you would bring it up or not, because I know that that's a huge life change for you. And it, you know, you seem more empathetic and you seem more authentic and you, and I think you're kind of like you said, you had things you faced as a young person, still facing some of those things today, but you seem like you're continually trying to find your true self and you're, you take whatever steps you need to, to find that, whether it's easy stuff or really hard stuff. And I think that that takes a lot of courage that sometimes people don't afford to themselves. So like, I, I look up to you and admire you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, you guys are right. Like it is, it was super scary. And honestly, I thought I'm like, am I just going to like shrivel up and burn because I did this? But at the same time, like I have grown so much. I still have spiritual experiences that have been so amazing and sacred to me. And so I feel like I have become more of myself through it all. And so I'm kind of grateful for that experience, even though it was super hard. Um, But I'm extremely grateful for it. I kind of feel like that's your theme. (laughs) <laughs> I had this super hard experience and then I came out stronger and better. I love it. And uh, we bring on the next one. Right? Because that's how life is. It's never going to just be like upward, like everything's going to be great. Like it ebbs and flows. And so you kind of have to be like, okay, what's going to come next? Like bring it. Yeah. Right. So Teresa, even though you're saying like you're all forgiving and compassionate, do you have any beef 
that you really need to like that's been buried deep inside that that we need to bring up and hash out i don't like and granted i talked i talked a little bit hey i talked a little bit about some of the things my friends said like being overweight and stuff and it's funny because like I that wasn't us though right we didn't say that. No. Okay. I never even thought that ever. Yeah, I didn't think so. I never even knew that was a thing. I always thought you looked great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was funny because I was even... <laughs> These guys are awesome. <laughs> but when I first got married, I remember telling my husband about you guys. And I was like, oh, these guys in high school, they did stupid crap, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I did all that. Plus worse. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um no yeah, you were lucky to have us have, i don't have a ton of beef so no. yeah well i got something oh crap no it, now this was a long time ago so i the details may be a little bit i don't know let's just see how it goes was there a time in high school in the hallway that somebody <laughs> folded duct tape in your hair i don't think that was me i don't think that was me i would remember that my next question was did i do that to you because i remember this happening now we need to figure out who you did that <laughs> well as i was preparing for this i even like tested gus my like, gus did i fold duct tape in Teresa's hair and he's like i think i remember that story but i don't remember if it was you and i think it was me since you don't yeah. remember, let's just assume it probably wasn't me. But if it was, I'm really sorry because I think it you wasn't. talked about how like, I do. I do have beef with Gus though. I asked him to a dance and he turned me down. Oh, dang! <laughs> Gus sent in a voice memo. I've with never, a... I've never gone to a dance with Gus. I remember asking him, and he's like, "No, <laughs> I can't remember why he turned me down." But happy about that. Dang! What the heck, Gus? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you don't remember that, and I'm glad uh, maybe I, I made it all up. But I think I remember it, because you even made a post about this recently, about how like your hair doesn't grow fast, right? No. And it's no. always kind of been like that. I remember in high school, you're like, I haven't cut my hair for a long time, and this is as long as it is. Yeah. Like, I have extensions in right now. Like, my real hair is, like, hmm. to my shoulders, super short. Well, does not grow. That, that's what I wanted to apologize for. I did a lot of stupid, like... The way I described myself in high school was like, I don't think I did any bad stuff, but I did a lot of stupid stuff. And okay. I uh, I apologize. I'm going to assume That's I did do that, and I'm sorry I did that to you. I don't. Surprisingly, I don't remember. But I, I remember a lot about you guys, but I don't remember that. That's something I would remember. Okay, good. So. That makes me feel better. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Gosh, okay. So how can people find you? If they want you to be doing their hair, how do we, how do we get a hold of you? Thank you. Um, I have an Instagram that's at trees cuts and styles. Um, and I post my hair stuff through there and my phone numbers on there and everything. I don't post a ton of my hair stuff on Facebook cause I kind of just keep it to that, um, Instagram page, but yeah. And you're in West Jordan, right? I'm in West Jordan. My salon is out of my home. So they may, my clients may have a doggy that wants to come sit on their lap. Yeah, I love my job, and I would love to take on anyone that wants to come. That's awesome. We'll make sure we, we put it in there, and everybody sure. go see Teresa. She does a great job. You'll love the pictures that she posts. Yeah. Thank Hair you. looks good. 
Thank okay. You. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on. It's been great catching up with you and just learning from you. And I, I love when we do see each other at the gym every once in a while. And so, right. I'm sorry. I've been going up to Sandy gym okay. lately. I know how it goes. But next time I see you, I'm going to definitely say hi. Okay. So. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, nice Teresa. Talking to you guys. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. I'll see ya. Bye. Bye. Steve, we just got done talking to Teresa. What are your thoughts? I loved it. I love Teresa. I think that she was very friendly in high school, and she's even more friendly and open and accepting now than she was then. Like She was one of the first new friends I made from when we went from middle school at Eastmont to Jordan High School. Like I met her, or I don't know, I don't, I just know like that first week of school, there was like this party at her house and I, I don't know if she invited me or somehow I ended up there and it was like, man, these, like these people are awesome. This girl is like so cool. And we like, I don't know, countless times went to her house during high school and I never once didn't feel welcome. And I love that she now going through all the experiences that she shared, which I think she's had a lot of really challenging experiences, but her goal is to want people to feel accepted and I, I love that and I think that she really is making a very solid intentional effort to make her home that so her children can have a little bit of what she had yeah she was a natural host right it was like always there and her parents were super cool to have all these teenagers there but you know it's like they had an awesome yard and it was a natural host and she kind of still is because she how often it's like when we get together, it's like, let's get together at Teresa's, you know? So she is kind of that, that, yeah, it's for me, it is her changes. Even though she was a natural host, she was a lot quieter and more reserved as a teenager. And now she shares so much and she's grown so much as an individual. Like if she's saying, it's like, I'm so much more compassionate. And I see that. I see that she's so much more open, so much more compassionate. And that the hard trials that she's gone through have made her heart softer to then hear other persons, other people's problems and say, like, you know, just try to have that helping hand. Just like when she was saying with Silvana, Silvana was saying that Teresa was just, she was having a hard time and Teresa was just, I'll just come over and I'll paint the room. Yeah. You know, and. She is that kind of person that has that love in her heart. Her heart has softened through her trials, and now she has that this love to share and give. And she she gives it, and she shares it. And it's, it, it, I admire her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big time. I think I, my sister has gone through at least two. Um, I think she's had a few other miscarriages, but she's had like two uh, that had gone 18 to 20 weeks like she was into it yeah. and then both times boom just like it stopped and and those affected her big time and being able to see you know my sister I'm really close with just seeing how it affected her and how she has then you know joined these communities of making you know blankets for these angel babies and doing all these things and yeah i think you can take those experiences and help or you can take those experiences kind of like a few other people we've talked about you it can either make you you know bitter or better, you know, yeah. that kind of deal. And I think that Teresa totally does that. She talked about being pregnant for eight months and then losing the baby. She talked about making the decision to leave this church that she grew up in. And it's like, when you leave 
this church is not just leaving it's a church. It's not just a church. It's, it's like a community as your, well. Yeah, like your your whole social circle potentially changes. And um, she's been able to navigate those waters. And I, you know, I admire her for that. And I think that she seems happy, happier for sure than what she was. And, and I love that I get to call her a friend. Yeah, me too. I'm glad she came on. Me too. And if you would like to be on, uh, just send us an email, jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out on our Instagram page, or you can send us a message on Facebook, whatever. We'd love to hear from anybody. Um, we love the messages that we get from you guys. Some people love to reach out. They don't want to be on. Um, if you don't want to be on, we would love to get some voice memos. Just send us a short little clip, either thoughts that you have from an episode or a funny memory, whatever. Uh, we'd love to just put out any extra content for you guys like Gonzo and I just I don't know this has been a really awesome good thing and I think that a lot of you seem to be enjoying it so send us a voice memo Steve we do have a voice memo this week that we need to share it I want to save we have a couple voice memos so far that people have sent in I want to save one of them for the voice memo episode but one I just we just gotta share it it's uh, from Christina Cyphers. Yeah, Christina Fuhrer, back in high school, Christina Cyphers now. And it is a response to that sweet, sweet beef that Pierce had last <laughs> week. Man, I, I love that one so much. That one made me so happy. <laughs> I wish everybody, all week long, when I'm talking to you, or like seeing your interactions with other people, it's just like, that's the best beef I ever heard. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so good. And so Christina sent this voice memo with a, with a reply, and... We'll put it on at the end of this episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And you'll catch us next time. All right. Good night. Bye. So I just finished listening to Pierce's episode. And I know I'm coming on the show in a few weeks, but felt like I should probably send a voice memo. I was dying laughing when I heard Pierce talking about our prom, junior prom experience. And I definitely don't hold that against Pierce. It was still fun. I still remember we went up to the cliff and went to Snowbird to go and eat dinner, which is like my favorite place in the whole world. So it didn't even matter that we missed the dance, Pierce. I still had a lot of fun and um, it just, it made me laugh just thinking about that. It was kind of a bummer, like getting all the way ready and not making it to the dance, but now it's funny to, to think about it and to laugh about it. So there are no hard feelings here. I wasn't even going to bring it up. Uh, in my episode coming up, but since you did, thought I'd just respond here that it was it was no problem, and you're still awesome, Pierce, and it was fun to hear your episode.